it's great to be with you all. I realize I don't even think I introduced myself. My name is Luke. Uh, I serve as one of the ministers here uh, at Landmark. Uh, Pastor Ryan, who usually is up here, is away. He's um, doing his seminary duties uh, this weekend up in Florida, I believe. And so he's, he's doing that. But hey, I'm, I'm blessed to be with you guys tonight. Um, the vision for tonight, so for this year, and, and maybe some of you have already heard this, and if you haven't, you probably will continue to hear this, and so I'll maybe get used to it. But, but Ryan, Ryan, Pastor Ryan kind of threw out this vision this year of three areas of growth for us as a church. Um, those areas being growing together in prayer. Um, one of the ways we are doing that is, is what we'll be doing tonight, which I'll, I'll keep teasing, but I'll talk, I'll talk about in a moment. Um, but we're also going to have a monthly prayer gathering that we'll be starting, uh, and that will be in a few weeks. The second thing is going together in devotion. Um, some of you have already started with us, but we are doing a uh, Bible reading uh, program that we hope to be reading through the Bible through in a one-year or a two-year plan. Uh, so some of y'all, if you haven't started that with us, you can go ahead and download uh, the Gospel Coalition app. It's all on there, and we also will have a handout, hopefully printed out for you guys uh, these next few weeks. And then the final thing is growing together in outreach, and that's just for us as we continue to be the church here in San Marcos to hopefully move to see others meet Jesus and know him in this community. But tonight I wanted to focus on that first priority, that first area of growth together, and look at growing together in prayer. And so how we're going to do that is I'm going to give a little bit of a, a, a focused sermon on prayer, um, and we're going to look at a passage here together, and then we're going to actually break into small groups, and this might be uncomfortable for some of you, but hopefully it's a beautiful time together of just three to five people, and, and we'll be just praying for each other, praying for Landmark, praying for San Marcos, uh, praying for the work God is doing here. And so before we get there, though, if you guys want to stand and turn to Acts 1, we'll be reading from Acts 1 together tonight. And as you turn there, let me open us in prayer. God, thank you for this church. Thank you for these individuals here. Thank you for your word. God, we ask now in this time that you would uh, speak to us through your word. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would enlighten our hearts and our minds to your truth, God, in this time. And God, that you would grow us as we look at the, the model of these early apostles and disciples, God, that we might learn and that we might, in here at Landmark, grow in our knowledge of you, in our devotion to you, and grow in our, our heart towards prayer together tonight. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. So I'm going to read verses 1 through 14 together. It's a little bit of a chunk of a passage, but we'll get through it. So starting in verse 1, it says this. In the first book... O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after suffering many proofs, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, 
and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood before them with white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount that was called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and his brothers. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So this is an exciting passage. Uh, It takes place, obviously, after Christ has just resurrected from the grave, right? He was on the cross, and he rose from the grave. And here he is for 40 days, showing himself to the apostles, to the disciples, to witnesses. And here at this time, it's really interesting, right? These apostles and disciples were anticipating that here Jesus was, he was risen from the grave, and now he's going to restore uh, the eternal kingdom of Israel. But... Right, Jesus and God had something. God had something else in mind. Right, like God had in mind that Jesus was actually going to ascend to the Father, and He was going to send the Holy Spirit to dwell with the people of God. So that those who have received Christ as Savior would then be indwelt with the Holy Spirit. You and I now, who know Jesus, are indwelt with the Holy Spirit. And being indwelt with the Holy Spirit, we we're given a mission to go to the ends of the earth that people might know this Jesus whom we know and they might be saved from their sins. And that one day, Jesus will return. The same way he ascended, he will come back. And so there's a lot of exciting things happening in this passage, and a lot of things we could spend uh, time looking at. We could look at Jesus' ascension and what that means and what that represents. We could look at the promise of the Holy Spirit that the Father was going to send, right, to these apostles, which we see in the following chapter, Acts 2, at Pentecost. And we could look at this mission that the disciples were given to go to the ends of the earth. But what I want us to look at here tonight is something that I think can be more easily missed and an observation that I think can still be very important and pertinent for us tonight. And it starts in verse 4. Verse 4 when it says, While they staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. I find it interesting here that that Jesus' first thing he orders them to do here is to wait for the promise of the Father, to wait. And I wanted to to pause there when I I read that and to to consider this virtue of waiting, Right, Because throughout Scripture, we, we get this invitation to wait on the Lord, to wait on God. And here the disciples are waiting for something specific. But I think us as believers can take this principle of waiting for the Father. You see, the Father had something great in mind in the invitation to the disciples who were probably anxious in that moment. Right, They were anxious to see what Jesus was going to do. They were anxious to see, okay, Jesus, here you are alive. You just did something that no one else has ever done. You are God, right? And he says to wait for the Father. 
they're probably anxious to go and tell others, right, about what they had witnessed, what they had been told, what, what had just happened. Yet the invitation was to wait. And I wanted to consider this for a moment tonight because waiting, I think, is uncomfortable for us in a world of instant gratification. Like, I can go and get any answer I want in the matter of seconds through my phone, right? There's so much. If I, if I want a type of food, I can get any type of food here in small town San Marcos. I don't even have to go to the big city. I can, I can get all types of food here, right? There's so many things that we have so accessible to us. And so learning to wait specifically on the Lord to do the works that he has promised to do, I think can be a challenging virtue for us. But church, I think as we enter into this new year, and in a moment as we consider prayer, I think we must start to, to learn what it means and looks like to wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord to move and to work and to do great things. We must learn together, church, that waiting on a good God who is above all and working through all and in all is a delight. Because the thing that we are, the things that we are waiting for are secure, right? We're not waiting to find out if God wins the battle in the end. We, we know that God has already won. We're not waiting to find out where my destination is, right? If you are in Christ, we know where our destination is. We know that our destination is in Christ for eternity in his presence. We aren't waiting to, end in, we aren't waiting to know the end of the story. The end of the story is secure. The invitation for us first tonight is to wait, to wait on the Lord. Andrew Murray says this on this virtue of waiting. He says, Dear Christian, begin to see that waiting is not one, of the, not one among a number of Christian virtues to be thought of from time to time, but it expresses that disposition that lies at the very root of the Christian life. It gives a higher value and a new power to our prayer and worship, to our faith and surrender, because it links us an unalterable dependence to God himself. And it gives us the unbroken enjoyment of the goodness of God. Lamentations 3.25, the Lord is good to those who wait for him. We must learn to wait and to trust and depend on a God who is working, a God who is good, a God who is overall and through all. And the second observation that I, I wanted us to consider for a moment from this passage, what takes place at the end in verse 14, when it says all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. So what do they do in this waiting? What do these apostles and disciples do in the time of waiting as they go to God in prayer? Right? We don't know exactly what they're praying for. It doesn't tell us in that moment what exactly they're praying for. We know later in the, the chapter that they do pray for wisdom. Um, you know, to, they needed a new apostle since, since Judas um, had betrayed Jesus. They had to replace Judas for the ministry that was before them. And they prayed for wisdom, and God gave them wisdom. But they're in this moment praying in this time of waiting. And so the second thing I think we can glean from this passage here and grow from is that it's good to learn to grow in prayer as this first virtue for us in 2023 is centered on it. It's good for us to grow in prayer. And I think we have an invitation to follow their example. See, prayer is a beautiful gift from God where we get to go to him to 
encounter God, to converse with God, to relate to God in a way that is beautiful and is different than any other religion you will find in the world. Because the beautiful thing about prayer, right, us as believers know that we're, we're relating to a God who is Father. We're relating to a God who has adopted us to be his own. Right? We're, we're relating to a good God. Guys, we have a beautiful invitation and even a command by the Lord to go to God, our Father, in prayer. The one who has adopted us into his family to encounter God himself. To speak directly to him. To praise him. To thank him. To request of him. To be honest with him. Even when that honesty means frustration, anger, disappointment, we are invited to go to him in prayer, in faith, knowing that he cares, knowing that he knows best, knowing that he will respond with exactly what we need because the Father knows exactly what we need even before we go to him in prayer. He's not some genie or ruthless dictator, right? He's not someone we can just go to and ask that he grants all of our wishes and he's not some guy that will never listen to us. No, he is a holy father who loves and to care for and protect his children, who is good, who is gracious, who is wise, and knows exactly what we need better than what we even know we need. So Landmark, in, in this brief time together, my encouragement is that it is good for us to grow in prayer together. Let us consider this model of the disciples who went to God in prayer in the waiting, not knowing exactly what this gift would look like, but trusting that God had good things in store through the power of this Holy Spirit that was going to come. And you know what happens is that the Holy Spirit does come, and God uses them in great ways, and, and thousands of people are saved, and the church is established, right? And, and it's not to idolize the early church and say they got it all right, because they clearly don't. Just keep reading in Acts. They don't get it all right. But they're there is some beautiful things and reminders and takeaways, I think, for us that we can learn from, right? That, that in this waiting, they chose to go to God in prayer and to trust him. So let's consider this model set before us in Acts 1. Let us also consider Paul's words in Philippians 4, verse 5 and 6. He says this, The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your, request, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What if we took this command seriously, church? What if we believed that the Lord is at hand? What if we believed that the Father knows exactly what we need and that we believe that prayer is something that is important and that we're invited to in all circumstances? I think it would dramatically change the way we live. I think it would dramatically change the way we live our lives. I believe God would move, at the very least, to bring peace and to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, as Philippians 4 said, at the very least. And that alone is something I desperately need in my life. That alone is something I know I can benefit from, the peace of God and Him guarding our hearts and minds. Are we desperate for prayer? I've had to ask myself this as I've prepared tonight. Am I desperate for prayer? Am I desperate to go to God in prayer? I remember a specific moment in my life uh, where my, my view of prayer changed. I was um, in Ecuador, 
and uh, it's a big part of my story for another time. And, and I was um, at a church service at Elohim Church with my brothers and sisters. It was like a Thursday night. And Kachi Mejia, who is the, the wife of, of Pastor Alejandro there, uh, came up to lead the church in prayer. And, and she started praying uh, in a language I don't understand. And she just kept going and going and going and, and ended up being like, I think, over 30 minutes, if I recall, of just praying and, and the whole congregation on their knees, just praying and pleading to God to move. And me as a high schooler who my vision of prayer was simply that it was something I did at dinner with my family and maybe before night if I had something to pray for was radically impacted because I, I saw these individuals who, even though I didn't understand even what half of what they were saying or pleading for, I saw that in them they were desperate for prayer. They valued this encounter with God. They knew that this was something that was important and that something that was going to fuel not only their ministry, but their lives. Are we that way, church? Are we growing in that? That we see this prayer as this beautiful thing we have before us to go to God. I think about Jesus before he's crucified, like looking at the face of a brutal death, going to God and pleading to God, pleading that he would take this cup, that it would, it would let him pass from him, right? Pleading that this wouldn't happen and yet also trusting that God had best in mind, that God's will was going to be done. And I want to live that way. I want, I want to live like Jesus lived, that even in the face of the hardest trials, even in the face of things um, that are hard and, and, and I don't know what the outcome is going to be, that I can go to God and trust that he is good and that he is moving. And so church, I think part of the vision of, of Landmark is that we would be a church of prayer, that we, we would be, that we would ask God to move and work and that we would trust that God is the one who's going to move and work and, and we are just the vessels along the ride that, that are a part of what God is doing. Just as the disciples and the apostles were used by God in the early church, man, we want to be used by God here in San Marcos. We want God to do a great work, not only in each of the lives here, but in the people who aren't here, who we hope that meet Jesus this next year and the years to come. We hope that God will do a great life and a great work in the life of our children here. And we want to pray and ask God to do that. We want God to do great things here because he's a great God, not because we have all the answers, because we clearly don't. I didn't have cups tonight for the coffee, so I had to text Alberto if we could steal some of their cups. Um, you know, we just, we just forget things. There's going to be bumps in the road along the way. We can trust that there is a God who is good. And so we want to spend time praying together tonight. Um, for the next, you know, 10, 15 minutes, what, what I hope to do is, is for you guys, to, for us here to break out in groups of three to five people or so, uh, whatever it looks like, and just to pray and ask God to move and work. We have a few prompts that'll come up. Uh, the first is just to thank God together. Thank God for, if you, if you know him, to thank him for, for the life he has given you in Christ. Um, to thank God for the different things he has done. And then to, if, if there's certain prayer um, things you can be praying for in each other's life, please do that. Pray for each other. And, and then um, you know, as you feel led through this list, pray, pray for Landmark, pray for uh, Texas State, pray for this city, uh, pray for our nation, 
uh, pray for believers, and please pray for those uh, believers who are, who are persecuted for their faith, who are not, not welcome where they are uh, because of their faith in Jesus. So, Father God, we thank you for this time, God. We, we thank you for prayer. We thank you for this gift you've given us, that we might go before you, God, and that we might ask you to move, and God, that you do move. We thank you. We love you, Jesus. We pray for this church. We pray for the work you are doing at Landmark in 2023. We pray that people would meet you, Jesus. We pray for the individuals here in this room, God, who are walking through hard and and, and maybe even painful, difficult things, God, that you might comfort, bring peace where peace is needed, bring hope. Pray for the city, God, that, that You'd give wisdom to our leaders. Pray for our nation. You'd give wisdom to our leaders, God. But we pray you'd do a great work of revival in, in San Marcos, that, that many people might meet you. We pray you might do a great work in, in our nation, that, that many people might come to know you, Jesus, that, 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 that your church would flourish. We pray for Texas State, God, and the students, the new students you're bringing in this spring. Um, for the students returning, God, for the students in this room, um, God, that, that even there on that campus, God, that, that, that you would start a work, that people would meet you, Jesus, that your spirit would be on the move, God, that, that students would come and know you and be excited about you, God, and pray for the other churches in this city who are gathering, who have gathered today, and God, pray for the believers around the globe. God, pray for encouragement, pray for, pray for you to meet them where they are, to build them up, God. For those who are being persecuted, God, we do ask you just meet them in this time. God, that your, your hand, your, your spirit of comfort would be on them tonight, God. God, help us all to look forward and hope of, of what you are going to do and what you continue to do in this world, God. We love you. We praise you.